There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. It's another edition of my Side Hustlers Podcast. I am back in my studio. Haven't been in here in a while. I've been all over doing these podcasts. And uh, actually, I've been in the studio, but I haven't had people with me. So it's kind of cool to have Fred and Tim in here today. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. You both have <laughs> very deep voices. This is going to be a fun podcast. I might have you do some audio stuff before we leave here today. Nice. I'll steal you guys. So... Yeah. You guys flew in last night to Seattle from Cleveland, Cleveland. right? You're direct from Cleveland. It was a direct flight? No. No. I didn't think so. I went hopped all over. I went to uh, Dallas first. Wow. Yeah, the, it went Cleveland to Nashville to Chicago to Seattle. Wow. Well, thanks yeah. for being here this morning. I know yeah. it's pretty rough. Flew all the way here just to do the podcast. This is crazy. Exactly. No, no, no. So yeah. you guys were coming to town for a little visit, and I thought this would be the perfect time to have you on Side Hustlers. So Fred... A.K.A. Fred the Mailman. You've probably heard me on air mention him a bunch of times on social, even on Elvis's show. You're, I don't know, it's been, what, eight years probably, at least for me, since I've known you? Eight. Probably closer to nine or ten. Yeah, because when I started Elvis, that's when you first started, uh, I guess, calling in and tweeting. And I would put you on the air because you were always a great caller. And now here we are, eight or nine years later, in a studio across the country, for me at least, 
about to do my side hustlers podcast because you, my friend, have quite the amount of side hustles. And they're not like little ones either. They're big things. Oh, big little things. Oh, yeah. Sure. Big little things. So what is your regular day job? I know you're a mailman, but what kind of hours is uh, My that? regular day job, I start at about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I work until 4.30 on a regular day, but most days they have me out there till about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the evening. And there's one fun fact that you told me about your job and how much you've walked in your career as a mailman. How many years have you been doing it? Um, yesterday was 20 years for Wow. Congratulations. 20 awesome. years. I don't know if that's a congratulations, but yeah, it's 20 years. So in your 20 years as a mailman, what is that crazy stat that you told me? Uh, I've walked around the entire earth one and a half times already. <laughs> wow. That's some footage there. Yeah. One and a half times. And, and that's uh, one and a half times around the earth. And I've carried, it, it's like a ton of mail a week. Is the weight so I've done like 98 million? What? Something. It, it's it's ridiculous. I can't do the math right now, but it's it's an amazing amount of mail that I've delivered. That's like a superhero stat. Yeah, it's actually 960 tons of mail. So you just did I've, the math. Yeah, I 960 just did the math. tons of mail, and all of that is great and all, and that's your regular nine to five. But you've got quite the amount of side hustles, and one that I guess is about to officially launch is your brewery, which, by the way, is the worst word to have to say, especially when you're in radio. Brewery <laughs> is so hard for me. Yeah, that's why I just say the beer place. The beer place. And what is it called? It's Bascule Brewery you're and Public me. House. Bascule Brewery and Public House. Yes, nailed it. <laughs> the alliteration. Nailed it. Okay, so what the heck made you say, I want to open my own brewery? I was out drinking with my dad one night, <laughs> complaining about... The quality of beer at the establishment we were at. Okay. To get any good craft beer in the area where I live, it's about a 35 to 40 minute drive. Oh, wow. And so, you know, once you've had a couple of beers. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to come back home. So I was complaining to him about the lack of craft beer in our area. And he looked me dead in the eye and he said, if you open your own microbrewery, I will pay your rent for the first year. Wow. So you said, okay, I'm doing it right away? I, yeah, I, I was kind of like, you know, he's, he's calling my bluff. He's throwing a gauntlet yeah. down, you know? And the next morning I woke up and I said, I have to do this. And that was it. Did you know anything about making beer? No. Nothing. I know a lot about drinking beer, but <laughs> I know anything about making beer. So where did you start? I started by, I called a, a friend of a friend and her husband at the time was a brewer in the Cincinnati area. She lived up near Cleveland. Her husband was working in Cincinnati. So I called her and asked her, hey, can I just pick your husband's brain for a little bit on this brewery business? And she said, sure. She put him on the phone mm -hmm. and we had about a three hour conversation. Wow. And at the end of the conversation, I had a business partner. No way. Yeah. All you do is pick up the phone. That was it. You know how many people are just scared to do that little thing? Just pick up the phone and say, hey, I have a question, let alone actually have a three-hour conversation and at the end have a business partner. It's All you have to do is pick up the phone. Yeah, it was, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Kismet. Because he was actually looking for a reason to come back to Cleveland. His wife had just had their son. Being three and a half hours away just wasn't working for him. So he immediately quit his job in Cincinnati. Wow. And moved that back up to start this venture. So how long ago did you guys start the process of, because you have to have a physical brick and mortar establishment too. This isn't just you guys making beer in a basement. You're going to actually have a brewery where people can come and sit and enjoy. Correct. We started in 2015. Wow. 
And our first beer we actually did brew in my grandfather's garage. That's cool. And we took that beer around town just to get a gauge of people, you know, is this something that should we pursue this anymore or is it just a pipe dream Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not going to work here. So we brewed two cases of beer, bottled it ourselves out of my grandfather's basement, took it around to people that we thought were influential or possibly investors, took some to my dad because... Because, yeah. Right. I didn't, I didn't want him to think I was not serious about it. True. That, that's dad, you know, got to yeah. give it. Yeah, he's not the type of guy that you can't be serious with. So did he, because obviously he need, you needed his approval on the beer. Yeah, he, he liked, he's not, most people in our area aren't craft beer people yet. I was going to say, you're about to open a craft beer place. That's probably not the best thing to say. <laughs> but they're they're getting there and okay. there and there are some people we've we've discovered in this three-year period that there are people who are very serious about the craft beer and they're crazy excited about same thing not having to drive 40 minutes to go get something that's cool so you you tested it out on everyone tim did you try it when he did the yeah. test round actually the first time i had it he brought one to our other business meeting uh midwest best meeting mm-hmm. and that's the first time any of us tried it it was really good. I'm like, you guys got it, you know. Um, I didn't know the partner at all. I only knew Fred, but I know Fred's doing business with somebody. It's a good person. It's, it's yeah, probably yeah, a good. It's a good human. So aside, you know, yeah, the beer was good. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a thing. And and I think that if you, it's almost like feel the dreams. Like if you build it, they yeah, will come. Like, exactly. And we might get people from 40 minutes away driving be awesome. to this area to try this beer. So you make the beer. Everyone likes it. Now what? Now what we did was we had to find a brick and mortar. And at the time, we had a third partner. And our third partner was supposed to be our numbers guy. Find us investors. Everybody needs a numbers guy. Right. Because. (laughs) It's not you. (laughs) I'm a mailman and Chris is a brewer and numbers is not exactly what we do. So we, we had this third partner who was supposed to be taking care of that. He had some influence in the city. He had some connections. And he found us this historical building that was next to uh, the Palace Theater in Lorraine. And the Palace Theater, is, it's one of four theaters that I believe Warner Brothers built back in the 40s. And it's this old, it's one of the few theaters that still has a Wurlitzer organ in it. Cool. It's this crazy, it's just a beautiful building. So we were going to be next door to it in this building called the Eagles Building, whose history goes back to the Al Capone days. Oh, wow. There's a secret tunnel on the bottom of that building that the Rum Runners used to go from the river, which is right behind where it was at, the Black River. So they used to go under the tunnel into the Eagles Building, and just it was it was really good. Yeah, gangster. it'd be a cool spot to have a, right. a business. So <laughs> we, we spent eight months doing demolition on that building because the palace owned that building, and they were supposed to get a grant from the state to white box our building. Basically, we stripped it down, and then they were going to do all the drywall and run the electrical mm-hmm. and all that as part of the historical building grant of course at the eight month point they said oh sorry fellas we don't have any money what yeah crazy so after you demoed everything yes crazy a lot of work went into that building we were we were now in a scramble because we're almost a year into a project that people are excited about we were doing small events where we were having tastings and things and, and, and the people were really excited about the beer so now it's we're homeless we're two, well, we're two yeah. homeless beer guys and it's tough when you're doing something off okay and you're still doing your regular 
day job. So it's not just you're putting all your work into this. This is you're tired doing this already. Right. You've put in your time doing your regular job and then you you're literally demoing a building and then it all gets knocked down, not pun intended, pun intended. <laughs> and now you have to go back to square one, but like you're saying you've already told all these people we're doing this, we're doing that. Now you kind of have to go a little backwards and say actually that's not how it's going to go. Right. Because at that point, we we weren't paying any rent at that point. We didn't have a lease. And that's part of the reason it was easy for them to kick you out. Right. (laughs) A lady who had been um, taking pictures for us said, hey, I know a guy who has a building, great location, second busiest intersection in the city. Oh, yeah. It was a lawnmower repair place. So we went and we checked it out. We liked it. It was in a good area. It had everything we needed, overhead door. It was a little industrial. The day we were checking it out, because it it happened extremely last second. So we happened to be checking it out. And our third partner and his wife were real estate people. They thought that we were going behind their back and making a deal with someone else when in reality we were just checking out a building that somebody said was available. So we got in a little bit of hubbub and and I fired him. (gasps) (laughs) I feel like you're the you're this is the first time in side hustlers I've heard of this happening. Yeah, it was um it it was odd for me because he's older than I am. You know, he's like in his fifties, established, very well to do, and I had to tell him goodbye because he just hadn't come through on anything. So you gotta cut the slack sometimes. Right. And so now we're two guys in a new building with no numbers guy, <laughs> you know, and it, it and it's just been magical the the whole process. People that I grew up with have just come to our rescue every time we've needed something. You know, there's guys, Tim, I've known Tim since we were five years old. We went to kindergarten together. The whole lives, literally. So, Tim, as a friend, how have you helped him in this process? Wherever I could, even if it's just, you know, hey, we try this, try that, or, hey, we just need some people pushing wood around, like, let's help us scrap this out. You know, I, I, I was up until November, I was working full time. And working on Midwest mm-hmm. Best, so I didn't have a lot of free time. But in my free time, I try to get over as much as I can. But sometimes it's just a, hey, man, I need to vent about such and such or this or that. And I think that alone, it's just like a support system, right? I mean, yeah. we all have one. If you're not, I'd say if you're not into it yourself, if you're not trying to do a business, if you're not, and or sometimes you're too close to it and you really can't see the solution. Like if the, if the problem's money you're looking for money, you have money, you're just not seeing where it's at. You know, it's of little course. stuff like that. Well, you're also securing your spot on free beer for life. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's an obvious perk. Right. I mean, I feel like I had that built in anyway. Oh, true. I mean, I've, I've, you got to earn it even I've more had, now. I've had to deal with residents kindergarten. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, I mean, that's yeah. the only reason I'm in it. Yeah. yeah. Free beer for life. I mean, it is. And it's good beer. So, you know, I mean, that's the... That's a, that's a plus. Yeah, that's a, that's a big plus. <laughs> Actually, is that something that you, you have all these friends involved or all the, this big support group? Is everyone just going to roll up now expecting free beer? Is that, and how does that work as a, you know, when this is a business you're creating, I'm assuming friends think, all right, cool, beer is mine. Well, some of the people, um, we actually have paid in beer. Oh, and wow. And some of the people, it's been, you know, giving recommendations, advertisement, things like that. We have this wall of supporters up at the brewery. People have paid, like, it's $25 to get your name up on the wall. It's $50 to oh, get your cool. business name up on the wall. So we've been doing that for free for our friends. And, and like I said, we pay some beer. Once we get up and running, we're going to compensate the friends that have made a, a financial investment in this because I don't want to pay them in beer. <laughs> so that'll get expensive for us. Right. That's true. What 
after you found the new place, the new building, then what did you guys do? After we got into the new building, we found a new building and we fired our partner. <laughs> I called my dad and I said, listen, this is what we want to do because we, we don't want this idea to die. It would have been really easy to quit on the After project. That, of course. At that point, the only thing we had invested was sweat equity. We really hadn't put a whole lot of money into demoing that other building. And it, and it would have been real easy just to walk away and say, hey, this bad thing happened and the brewery's not going to happen and we're sorry and we know you love us, but it's not possible. No. But I, I, I think it really, uh, it, it fortified it for us. We're like, listen, we really have to make this happen because, because of the amount of people that supported it. And, you know, I listen to some of the other Side Hustler podcasts and I see these people are like super passionate about the project that they're doing. And it's always weird for me because like the beer thing is not what I'm passionate about. It's not that I'm passionate about beer and beer has to be my thing. Right. I'm more passionate about passionate people. And I see the passion that my brewer has and I'm like, you know what? I, I have to support this. I have to be part of this. That's cool. I called my dad and he said, you know, let's figure it out. Let's find out what your landlord's going to want. And the guy ended up being a really cool guy. His name's Mark Furman. He's a big Harley Davidson guy. <laughs> He's like fifth degree black belt or something. Just Jeez. an old school, really cool guy. We got in there. We started demoing the building in there. Oh boy. We got a hold of the state to find out, okay, what do we need to get our certification? And they said, we need to come in and check out your building. Oh boy. We need to check out your brew system. And at the time we didn't have a brew system. <laughs> right. We like, were we were garage brewers. It's state of the art. You can't even see it. <laughs> right, right. It's invisible Wonder Woman <laughs> like, brew system. Check out what? <laughs> right. Yeah. And what they didn't tell us is that it's actually very easy to get your license. Really? You, you can you can actually have them come and inspect your home brew system. You you just have to have certain things on it. We were under the impression that I, we had to have our big super brew of system course, up and ready, which those, if you're talking three barrel system, barrels, 31 gallons. So three barrel system, you're almost at a hundred gallons and that's a small system. Those things will run you anywhere from 25 grand wow. to 40 grand. So did you just start building that out immediately? We, I have the the area I grew up in, very industrial. Welding was one of the classes you could take in our high school. Okay. So my buddy Kevin, who had in high school, he had won all these welding competitions and everything. He volunteered to build us a system. He's what? never built a brew system <laughs> ever in his life. Right. We bought 55-gallon drums, <laughs> and he came in with his welding equipment, and we had somebody donated this big steamer thing i don't even right i don't even know where i don't know where how we got it but some guy who loved the brewery and he was new we we had not known him before this guy matt hummel he donate donates this big crazy steamer thing to us and so we're able to integrate that into the brew system this is crazy it really is like the people's brewery it it is everyone's got a hand in this yeah it absolutely is so kevin built our brew system for us. And that was like some very Frankenstein business going on there. We just had pieces, parts of this and that, but Chris was able to, he was able to make it work. I think that's one of the most fun parts for me is people will come into the brewery and they love the beer. They've had it at different establishments. We're in like eight different establishments right now. They'll come in and they'll see the brew system and they go, what? 
That's... How are you brewing on that? Now, where's the beer? Now, you're, you've been making beer and it is other places already? Yes. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. So we had a guy from the state get a hold of us when we were going through this whole process of trying to get our license, our brewer's license. And he said, are you guys brewing beer right now? We said, yes. He says, what are you brewing beer on? And we told him just the little, this little mini garage system that Chris had made out of some old kegs and a, and a propane tank. And he says, just get a heating unit, like an electrical heating unit, integrate that into the system so that you're not running on this propane and make some other adjustments with some small pumps. He said, we can come in and inspect that. We're like, what? And he oh. says, yeah, we, we can come in and inspect that. So we end up slapping that together. Wow. And uh, they came in, we passed inspection. <laughs> and it was June, it was like June 29th of last year. So we were official. We were able to produce and distribute beer. To other local businesses. Right. And from the outside, looking in, seeing the struggles, knowing what they're going through. Yeah. It was like waiting, waiting, and then all of a sudden, we're making beer. And it seemed like it took forever to get started, but then it just like exploded. And and to your point of, do you, are your friends going to expect free beer? Right. Kind of tied back <laughs> to that. Um, I think people go out of their way to buy their beer right now. Like we can stop. You yeah, know, you want to support your friends, of business. course. Well, and if if they're if they're really friends, they want to support your business. True. So yeah, so I and I think people are happy to go do it, you know? so- especially when it's beer. Especially when it's very, I know it's not like you're buying like flowers, you're buying right. beer. Right. So where are you guys at now in the building process? Because I know it's not your own space, Bestial Brewery and Public House isn't up and running yet. Right. So our production at the back of our building, we turned it into our production area. So Kevin built a brew system. My buddy Roy, who also went to kindergarten with Tim and I, mm-hmm. built our fermentation room and our cooling room. And then we started working on the front of the house the bar area and the seating area. And there was a local landscaper, Jerry Fleming, who, again, didn't know the guy, went to school with some of his cousins, but he just loved what we were doing. And he came in and did our wall. We have a pallet wood wall. Oh, that's cool. And Jerry came in and did all that for beer, basically. (laughs) It it looks great. I need to open a brewery to pay everybody beer. Right. It's, It's been amazing. So that started, we had another guy came in and did our floors for us. My buddy Joe, who I've known since fourth grade, is building our bar out for us. He and Roy are building the bar out for us. We're actually going to turn, Roy has been looking on Pinterest. It's amazing. (laughs) We're going to turn. uh, I just picked a bunch of burly dudes like (laughs) you guys with beards on Pinterest. Right. We're we're fancy. Do you see this one? Have you shared, did he share his board with you guys? No, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm still not Pinteresting. That's the, that's the one place I'm not yet. You have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, There's I guess. Be a... But yeah, Roy's super Pinterest guy. So <laughs> he's actually going to turn um, a six foot chest freezer into our tap system. Cool. So we'll be able to keep our kegs in there, just buy the hardware for the taps and turn that into a tap system. So everything in the brewery has been grassroots it's just been people volunteering to do it's really stuff cool. and and it's amazing we haven't we haven't had to take out a bank loan we haven't used any grants my dad is paying our rent which has got to be coming up soon if it's right, right right when did you officially get the place we actually got we officially got the place last october actually no like so you two, got some time yeah actually no this past october was the year oh so is he and dad still kept paying the yeah, rent yeah dad yeah so 
Um, <laughs> guarantee if you had been doing anything, though, that would have dried up right, right away. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. He but saw. You, you but guys have been busting. He see, right. He sees the progress. And, you know, I can't say enough about Dad. Like, my father and I have an odd relationship. Like, my sister's his favorite, and we're completely <laughs> aware of that. But he still wants me to do well. You know, he was disappointed when I dropped out of college. I've dropped out of college three times. Wow. So, I mean, understandable on his side. Right. I guess there. But it didn't cost him anything. Okay. I was on scholarship. Right. right. So it's like, hey, but he was still kind of disappointed because, you know, old school Puerto Rican family grew up working blue collar. He did all his time in the steel mill. My grandfather worked in the steel mill and dad just didn't want me to do steel mill. So I said, I'll just go walk outside and do a little mill. Um, it's not the steel mill. But he's been, he's been dad supportive. Like he's not, he, he doesn't ever come there to check out the progress and he'll ask me about it every once in a while and occasionally I'll take him some beer. But he, he basically said he just wants to get blindfolded and walked in cool. when it's done. Oh my God. You better take done. a video of that. I will. I'm going to like send it to Cassie Lee or something. Yes. Videos of everything. Oh my God. We'll make Have it to. go viral for right. sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah. where are you at now in this process? Like when is like the ribbon cutting? When is that going to happen? We're Pushing for the ribbon cutting to be our anniversary of getting our our license, which would be June 29th, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big push right now. So what the heck are you doing here? Get back home. Research. <laughs> I had a couple beers last night. I will tell you research. all the places to go. <laughs> yes. Seattle is just literally beer city. I knew we could count on you. Yeah, yeah I, I got knew you. you would know. I got you. Don't worry. But we um the holdup for us right now is the city had us. We had to change the zoning in our building, which it was weird that we had to change the zoning because there's so many things in our area. There's a bar across the street from us, and there's a bar behind us, and then there's the McDonald's and the Wendy's and some other stuff. So, and, and then there's manufacturing. There's a welding place and a repair place and everything. We didn't understand why we had to change our zoning. I feel like you're not supposed to understand zoning. I don't think anyone does. Right. I think it's whoever you're talking to that day just makes up a rule. It That's was, what I've understood. It was basically right. the city wanted $250, and that's what they ended up getting. But the problem was once they did that, we lost any of our grandfathering for the building. Oh. And so we immediately have to build a ADA bathroom, handicap-accessible bathroom. Okay. And that's fine. Of course. Because we're planning on doing anyway. But had they not changed the zoning, we could have opened and then built then the bathroom. Built okay. So now we have to build the bathroom and then open. So we're looking at about. Do you know any plumbers? You got to know. You know what's crazy is I don't. Of all the people in the world that I know, I don't know if plumbers hide like they're the secret society <laughs> okay. and they only hang out with each other. We got to have a plumber near Lorain, Ohio, yeah. listening to this podcast who can help you out for the, some free beer. Every time I Reach ask them, like, hey, do you know a plumber? They're like, oh, I think my cousin's sister <laughs> knows a plumber. I'm like, it doesn't. Doesn't help me at all. That's so crazy. Of all, you've got a yeah, welder. We have welders. Got... We've electricians, <laughs> carpenters. We've. I have an guess, architect who's going to be drawing up our stuff for free. I guess I don't even know a plumber. No, no. nobody knows a plumber. I think like They're secret. It's a after, secret society. Right after Mario Brothers outed them, <laughs> they just went into hiding. They're like, no, we just can't be plumbers in public. Well, if anyone knows a plumber near Lorraine, Ohio, who would love some free beer. 
get in touch with us and we'll make it happen. Absolutely. My question is, when the hell did you find the time to do any of this? I think you just wake up and you just decide, this is how I'm going to spend my time. Like I still waste time doing garbage stuff. I'm still a big Xbox player. So there's, (laughs) you know, there's times I'm like, well, you know, should I be designing this new logo? You got to give your brain a break though. Right. So, and and that's the thing. I, I did get to a point with all the projects where I was scrambled. I just, you know, that tank that has your creative juices in it, that mine was just on empty. I didn't have any new ideas. I just couldn't sit in front of the computer. I couldn't talk myself into sitting in, a, in front of the computer because I do a lot of the design work. Yeah, so you're doing all the logos and stuff. Right. I do I do logos. I do the posters. I was running the website. I was. When did you learn how to do that? Um, that was one of the colleges I quit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really was. I, and, well, and the designing, the art design too. You, you. Yeah, I started college um, way back in 93 as a computer science major with an art minor. And I wanted to design video games. And my dad was like, that's garbage. That's a waste of time. I'm oh not my sending God. you to college. You'd be a millionaire. Right, right. So, dad. That's why so, he's like, all right, I'll give you all the rent you want. So um, the second school I went to, I went strictly, it was the community college by where we grew up. And it's actually a community college. I still use their lasers now to do all my oh, engraving cool. work and everything. But that was the second school I went to, and I went there for graphic design. And then three years ago, I was like, you know, I should really go back to school and finish my degree in graphic design. So I enrolled in Art Institute of Pittsburgh, and I was doing all online through there. And once I racked up my first student loan, I was like, this is crap. I'm quitting. It's tough. Well, and it was right around that time, too, that we started doing the Beard Balm Company, and then you started doing Bascule. And it was all like, I'm going to go to school, but oh, by the way, these other two other things, things are now. Yeah. Right. And so it makes it hard. You wouldn't have had time, even if you didn't mind the student loan. No. Once once Tim started, because the, the beard company started first, and once Tim started like, hey, we need labels for this and that, I'm like, wow, I have software. I can do that. I don't need to go back to school. Oh, boy. You know? So I, I quit. Yeah, I quit. Artist to the Pittsburgh right around that time and just started doing small, small jobs. Okay, so let's talk about that. So so Tim is here also because of Midwest Best Grooming Company. Did I say it right? You yes. did. You did. You You're even, killing me with the names. <laughs> you, I mean You even remembered the best part. Yeah, the, the, the best. Right. You really should have consulted someone in radio before coming up with the names like the of, tongue twisters of yeah. your places. Yeah. Best school brewery and Midwest Best Grooming company You'll or be, co is it co it's it's co but it's company okay. i mean it's we'd like to keep it complicated thank you we'll no. consult you next time thank Listen, you. We, we know that you radio people are always going on cruises and meeting famous people <laughs> we so thought hard. you know one ounce of difficulty in your life <laughs> okay fair enough Yo. i'll give you that so you guys obviously sitting here you both have beards very yeah. long beards i'm assuming that's the reasoning behind starting a beard bomb company. You are 100% <laughs> right. So, Tim, that was you who came up with that idea? Yes. Is that What was your regular day job when you were, um, came I was, up with it? I was a sales rep for a cell phone company for 10 years. Wow. And that ended in November. And, and you were like, my beard is pretty rough. Well, what happened? <laughs> I, I Literally, on a no-shave November, the corporate job, right? They let us grow a beard cool. if we wanted to. So it started to grow. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to try to keep it. 
And then, so he he had a beard way before. Fred had a oh, beard yeah, way Fred. before me. Fred's I started, had a beard since five. <laughs> I started shaving in sixth grade. No so lie. So my, my beard's not nearly as dense as his is, but so it gets poofy really easy, and it looks really bad. So I, I texted him one day. I was like, hey, what do you use in your beard? He gave me a couple things. I went to order some. It was outrageously priced. I'm sure. And then you had to pay shipping. And I'm like, if this stuff is made of gold per ounce, yeah. it's not worth what they're selling it for. So I was like, we should do a beard balm thing. And we had a friend, uh, Chris, one of our partners, who was already making. Is this the same Chris who's the? No, this is girl Chris. Okay. Girl the Chris. Beer guys guy, Chris. Okay. Yeah. Chris um, with a K is this one. Oh, she, is a girl. Okay, gotcha. She was okay. already making all natural uh, lotions and stuff for her kids that have eczema. Mm-hmm. So it was natural for me to just, we worked together at at <clears throat> the cell phone place. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I will set company, it. Company X. Yeah, company X. And so I just walked into the stock room one day. I'm like, hey, what do you think about making beard balm? And she's like, I haven't thought about it, but yeah. <laughs> that's how it all started. That's how it all started. And she's like, I'll do it as long as it's all natural. And I'm like, why wouldn't we want of to be course. all natural? You know, um, why not make it good for your skin? And then also, so, and that's kind of what happened. And she also knew Fred and I knew they knew each other. I didn't know that they knew each other as well as they did. Oh, yeah, her, her dad and my dad worked together at the steel mill. Uh-huh. And so I was at her house. How, how much younger than us is she? Uh, only like a year, maybe two. Yeah. So I'd known her since she was little. We used to go over her house all the time, cool. but I hadn't seen her in forever. I would see her when I would go see Tim at work, but I hadn't, we really hadn't hung out or anything. So when Tim told me that she was going to be part of the company, I was like, oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's just, again, our friendships start businesses, I guess, but. It's the when, best way to go. A lot of people will ask what made us start it. I was like, I grew a beard, literally. <laughs> My beard started a business because I wouldn't have even thought of it if it wasn't for having a beard. So, Well, that's what a lot of things, whether it is someone I've talked to in Side Hustlers or anyone who starts their own business, a lot of it is not necessarily a passion, but a how can I fix this little thing in my life that's bothering me? Fred, same thing with the brewery. I want one close to me. I'm going to make one. Right. Yeah. My beard isn't as soft as I want it to be. Let me make beard balm. Yeah. And that's always the stuff that ends up being the best because you have a real passion behind that and a reason for it. You're not just doing beard balm because why not? Because everybody else is. Exactly. Well, you find a need, right? And then you you hope to address it and then hopefully people agree with you on that. So for us also, like it became a passion because we started to realize that there isn't a lot of... We put a lot of chemicals in our skin, and oh, we yeah. eat a lot of them. And I'm not like super anti. You're not Seattle. Yeah, I'm not, I hate to say, it, but yeah, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not. No, it's okay. Um, we know. Kale but, Tim. But what's that? Kale Tim. That's kale right. Tim. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'll eat my red meat. Thanks, but uh, <laughs> but no, but um, you start to realize that nobody really cares, especially in men's grooming. That's why we do offer other products, but our 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 main branding is for beards because who markets beauty products to men? Not I hate many. to even call it that. It makes me feel funny saying it, but that no, is what it is. That's the category we fit under is is beauty. So you want to make your beard beautiful. It's we okay. do, right? We do, and we want women to like it too. So without Chris, you guys knew nothing about. I'm assuming making beard balm. No, no, we knew what we liked in, <laughs> okay. in beard products. That's important, and more importantly, we knew what we didn't like. There was a more product important. that I had been trying that the smell stayed on your face Ugh. all day. You know, it was cute, like, for the first five minutes. But that's right there. Your right. face is right by and your nose. <laughs> everything you eat starts to yes. smell oh. and taste like Horrible. that. And it was, it, the product worked well, 
you know, my beard was soft and it, you know, sexy when the wind blew it, you know, <laughs> but it just smelled terrible after a while. And that, and that was part of what we wanted to do was something that's effective that is not going to take over your face and just, you know, dominate your, your entire nose for the day. So what did you do? You sat with Chris to come up with these concoctions? We, we literally, so the way it all started, that part of it, we, I have a friend who's now a partner, Michelle, and she is our numbers person for sure. Like without her, there is no, I don't know how we would know what we're doing, but um, I mean, we'd be making product, but we wouldn't know if we were making money. Right. Like she looks for five cents. Like it's, she's that type Go of person. Ahead. So, so we all, she just started coming to the meetings. She wasn't a partner, but she's like, I like smelling things. So. <laughs> Literally, is her words, I like smelling things. Exactly. You, you can't find a plumber, but you can find someone who likes smelling things. Right. So we were sitting at a table with coffee grounds and essential oils. And they're, they're, these two were like, uh, mm-hmm. Michelle and Chris were like, well, let's try these. And we'd smell them. Yes, no. Um, we liked it. Uh, how about a little bit of this, a little bit less of that? And that's literally how we came wow. up with our blends uh, for the, the base of it. And then when we made our first couple of brews, the first one we did was a little too strong. And to that point... Beard bulbs under your nose. Oh I yeah, mean, because right. it starts at your mu- in your mustache, and then yeah. So how problem. strong is that? If you could smell it from where you're sitting, how yeah. strong is that to the guy? So that's and that's the and guys know, are so sensitive with that kind of stuff yeah. too. And you don't want it. Don't have to be cologne. That's what cologne's for, you right. know. Um, and so that was one of our key things. And then it was consistency of the product, and that took us only one brew to get it. Like we really? nailed it. I think the second one we made, the second attempt was all in the same day. The second attempt we made became our morning beard product. Uh, it was our first one that we came up with, and we loved it. And we started using it. We started handing it out to everybody. And, you know, I, I dumped into knowing a barber. We didn't even know any barbers at the time. We pretty much know every barber in the Cleveland area now, um, or at least it's cool. some some contact with them. But this this barber came back to us like, this is like an A1 product, man. He's like, what, wow. ca- what can I do to help you guys? So did, what did you do? Because I know you're online. So mm-hmm. what is the website? Uh, it's www.mwbgrooming.com. So MWB stands for Midwest Best. Best. Got Making it. sure yes. we all got it. We got so it. So mwbgrooming.com to yes. check out your products. You can order it from anywhere. Anywhere. But you are selling locally? We're selling locally cool. in, in a lot of the barbershops. We actually have one in LA. We have oh, one, wow. we have one in Kentucky. Uh, friends, right? I mean, it's your... That's my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got to shop around Seattle while you're here. This is literally the beard capital. We noticed. We're going. What's odd, though, is bearded men are very loyal to whatever their brand is. I'm sure. And trying to get in that niche, um, it was difficult until we got a barber. Because once the barber said, hey, this is great, then they were like, oh, it must be great. The barber said it was Mm -hmm. great. Smart. But it was... When it was other bearded people saying, hey, this is great, they're like, oh, well, maybe you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but as soon as the barber said, this is great, it was, oh, okay, we have to try this. Barber said it's great. Smart. And and now that kind of, he introduced us to a couple people, and, and these, we have a guy that's on board with us that is basically the godfather of barbers in Cleveland. Like, everybody respects this guy. So we started doing barber trade shows. Now that gives us a what? chance to wholesale directly. <laughs> Uh, again, and, another niche I was not aware of. Right. Barber trade shows. Barber trade shows where they go, uh, they'll teach classes to the young barbers. Because it's everything, right? When you went to broadcasting school, yeah. you didn't really, you knew, but you didn't know anything until you started doing it. Yeah, I you mean, have no idea. You, you have book have knowledge. No right. Yep. So, and that's kind of what they do. They kind of bring these young barbers along. That's cool. But it gives us all a chance to showcase what we're doing. Um, and the barber business is the new 
like art form. Oh, yeah. It's, it's crazy. They're the new Picassos. They're out there absolutely showcasing this this art form of theirs. It's and beautiful. They're, and they're really, um, it's been eye-opening for me going to these barbers. Because when, you know, when, when I was growing up, our barbers were half drunk and they drop cigarette <laughs> ash in your head. Yeah. And, you know, right. there was a guy up the street, Milt, the ah, barber. Good Milt. And if you got a haircut from Milt, they called you one of Milty's misfits. <laughs> I said, you, Milt only gave two haircuts. You got short or crooked short, and you just hoped you got short. You know? Right. So now that these barbers are, are they're rock stars now. They're, you know why? Social media. Right. They, they understand it mm-hmm. so well. I learned so much just from them and how to promote our, our product, just watching what they do. Um, everything's a big deal for them. You know, they're cutting somebody's hair. They do a design in it. It's all over social media. It's got 5,000 likes. It's got, and yeah. it's just a local barber, you know. Um, but these guys are getting big. I mean, we, we I know a guy that flies out here, uh, flies up to California once a month to cut a couple people's hair, boxers. And yeah, I mean, they fly them out. They pay for everything. So, the, and these are guys that you're now in touch with with your product. Right, right. That's amazing. That's how it happens. So, have you left the phone company? Yes, as of November. Uh, cool. They were downsizing, so I kind of got downsized with that. Yeah, but that's a great I'm time a, to put all your energy into uh, something else. And that's what I've been doing, and it's worked so far. The week after that happened, we got contacted by GQ British Magazine. What? Yeah, we've been in the last three issues of them. They featured us. I mean, it's kind of an ad space, but they gave us a crazy Still. deal on it. Yeah, they, um, they found us because of what Tim was doing on social media smart and so they sent us an email and tim said hey let me know if you guys think this is fake because we thought it was of like course. It's like another country right Absolutely why thought it was fake. would british gq want Something to find us right <laughs> uh, you know you know not that ohio's not great but, but still i mean i feel like there's way more between right, right. Ohio right. and Britain. Yeah. Booming right. metropolis, small farm area outside <laughs> right. of Cleveland. With a couple sports teams. Right. <laughs> right. So sports teams. It was, <laughs> it was it, yeah, not that we win, but we sport. That's what we do, we do in Cleveland. We do the things. But yeah, so I, I researched. The, the person sent me the email. I, I totally Facebook stalked to make sure it was a real person. Yeah. She was. Smart. So she called. Uh, I called her. And um, we talked for about 10 minutes, and I, I came back to these guys like, it's a legitimate offer. Like, here's the numbers. This is what they want. That was it. So, and this is our last issue This uh, in May is our last issue that we're going to be appearing in. So that's kind of cool. Are you seeing sales in Britain that you're just like, I never would have thought? A little bit of lift. We've had a couple orders from over there. I, we didn't know what to expect. It probably wasn't as deep as we wanted it to be, but it definitely raises our brand of awareness. Course. And we can put our name with theirs. You know, we can say as seen in or featured in. Their name is bigger than ours. So, you know, GQ. GQ, I mean, get up there soon. Even if I'm talking to a barbershop, you know, hey, we are featured and, you know, these are the issues we're in and, you know. Right. It brings some legitimacy to what we're doing. It's just a, it's a big bounce for us when we go to a barbershop in the area and say, hey, it's, it's just not two guys who are brewing beard balm in their back (laughs) of their car in a trailer park, you know. It's not a couple of dudes, you know, like we're, we're legitimate and that's. We, we had that conversation when we started. We're like, all right, do we just want to hustle Beard Balm or do we want to have a business? That's cool. Because if we're going to have a business, it's different. You know, you launch a business differently than just 
selling selling beer bomb for for side money, which of you course. could do. Yeah, of course. You know, you could. I, I know a couple of barbers that actually do that. You know, they did after they started using our product, and they're I think they're trying to emulate a little bit. That's okay. That's all right. I mean, um, just keep doing you. No yeah, one will be able to do that's it. That's it. Exactly. That's it. And I and we've had two shops try to go make their own, and uh, one of them has come back to us already. So oh, look you know, at that. They missed us. So you've got a brewery, Fred. You're also uh, working with Tim for Beard Bomb. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you've worked on a movie that has won awards? Yes. I feel like maybe we should have started with that. No. We, yeah, maybe. <laughs> and, um, and also you're a mailman at the same time. Right. I, I think the movie thing at this point, it, it's it's kind of become its own entity. So... It's the thing I'm least involved in now. I mean, it's, it's the thing that's probably going to give me the biggest bump. But at this point, it's really kind of taking care of itself. And we're at a point where the movie's actually going to come out this fall. It's called Shine, right? It's called Shine. And it started out as a short film called Mono that we did like 10 years ago. And it, the, just the entire story of it is crazy. My cousin was in finance. His wife at the time was a salsa dancer. She got him into salsa dancing. He became very good. He went out to L.A. for a benefit that Andy Garcia was having. What? Caught the movie bug out there and decided at that point he wanted to get into movies. Wow. So through the dancing, he got a small part in Stomp the Yard. No way. Yeah, he's standing next to Chris Brown in the beginning of Stomp the Yard. Stop, I got to go back and watch. Yeah, so <laughs> he's got cornrows in his hair. It completely doesn't look like him. But he got to meet Columbus Short and Chris Brown and all these guys, Gilbert Saldivar. So Gilbert was in the movie, and Gilbert's been a lead dancer for Christina Aguilera and Janet Jackson okay. and J-Lo and all these people, and that's how they met. They started talking to him about scripts. And he says, oh, can I, can I see some of these scripts? And they're like, yeah. So it's uh, Laz Alonzo and Columbus Short and Lee Thompson Young. So they're talking to him about this idea for a movie that they had. And, and he says, one of these characters really reminds me of my cousin Fred. He said, he's a good writer, which I don't know where he came up with that idea. <laughs> but he said, he's a good writer. Can I have him look at the script? And they're like, sure. So he calls me. And he says, hey, I have this Hollywood script. Can you look at this and character? And who originally, who originally wrote this? It was, it was like, I think it was Lee Thompson Young. Okay. And, and I, th- I think on this project was like Lee Thompson Young okay. and America Ferreira and, and some other people. It was crazy, what? like this crazy group of people. The movie never came out because it was kind of some, it was, it was a subject that was kind of, it's still touchy. It was about a school shooting. Okay. But one of the characters, like my cousin's like, hey, can you write for this character? So I wrote some stuff just off the top of my head, things that I would have said in the situation. But I called him and I said, listen, some of the other people's personalities just aren't consistent. Like it felt like you were writing really good lines without factoring in whether those lines fit with that Mm -hmm. character. I said, can I rewrite some of that too? And he says, yeah, go ahead. So I rewrote some stuff and I sent it to him. He's like, man, this is really good. Wow. And so he sent me another script. Laz Alonzo had written a script about a Cuban baseball player and I don't know if I'm allowed to be saying any of this. Um, <laughs> just, just, I mean, I don't know. But none of the movies have come out. Okay. And, and we're not saying the names of any no. of this stuff. So, so I wrote some lines for that. And my cousin says, you know what? I, I wrote something and I want you to look at it. He says, I want to do a movie. And I said, okay. So 
I wrote something was like three paragraphs long. They call it a treatment. He had written a treatment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, we're supposed to make a movie out of this. Yeah, how does this work? It's not very much. So we just started writing. We just started writing. He he bought some script writing software. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I had like a, a free one in college. It's so strange right. when you're actually writing it. Yeah. Right, because as you're typing, it just fills in the names yeah. of the people and everything. And, and so we're doing that. But most of what we were writing, he would call me while delivering mail. And he's like, hey, how about this? And and that became our like our little code word. It was hat hat. How, how about this? It, and it was just our way of saying, "I've got this idea. Let's refine it." So I'm delivering mail, going over lines. If I had a hat moment, I would call him, hey, Tony. How about this? You know, how about this? And we we ended up. My phone bill was stupid at the time. We, <laughs> I didn't have unlimited of anything. Oh, I remember you that. Know, Right. You were I calling me like, hey, can we fix this? Right. Can oh, we God, fix that's that? hilarious. Yeah. Was, you know yeah. a guy. So, yeah, I ended up, I had like a $700 phone bill. It was <gasps> crazy. At the end of the day, we ended up with like 96 pages of a script. And because Tony had been in finance, he was actually able to find the money really quickly to film this short film. So we had $50,000. And... <laughs> A lot of the crew that Tony had worked with in um, Stomp the Yard. So we had Laz Alonzo. We had Lee Thompson Young. We had Giancarlo Esposito was our bad guy. That's crazy. Yeah. So there are scenes from that. So my, my cousin said, he says, hey, Fred, you got to get in shape because we don't have money for extras and you need to be one of the bosses. Oh, thugs, man. You know, so I'm in the gym. I'm like. I hate being on camera. I hate, I, I don't like it at all. So there are scenes I actually get beat up by Lee Thompson Young. Oh, I can't um, wait. But so that was, that was in the short, you know, that was in the short. And so you, we, we were on this high. We, we had a, we had a showing in DC. It was our world premiere. We should like the Washington Redskins cheerleader showed up. It was just this, ama- it was amazing. You know, so we were just skyrocketing. We went out to L.A. and had our West Coast premiere. You were in New York, too, right? We we didn't show. We filmed the, in New York, okay, but we didn't show was. in New York. But at the West Coast premiere, we had, you know, Vanessa Williams was there. We had, you know, Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. We had all these people. So it's very, it very odd to me because my cousin kept telling people, you know, this is my cousin Fred, he's a writer. He's a writer. And I felt very odd telling people I was a writer yeah. because I was a mailman <laughs> who just happened to be writing. I feel like writers are people who write every day. Oh, not necessarily. You know, but at the time I felt, right. you know, it was just like, I'm not a writer. I'm a guy who writes. Okay. You know, understandable. Like I can say I play basketball, but I'm not a basketball player. It was kind of that mindset for me. So. I'm at this West Coast premiere, and this lady asked me, he's like, hey, what do you do? And I said, I'm just a mailman from Cleveland. And she said, if you don't want to tell me what you really do, you don't have to make up some stupid story like that. Oh, my <laughs> That's funny. God. That's funny. <laughs> because nobody in L.A. thinks that a mailman from Cleveland is going right. to be at a movie premiere. Do you have, like, an official mailman card that you whipped out? I. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you do? Yeah, well, actually, I do have a postal ID on me somewhere. No, I just started laughing. My cousin told him, no, no, he's he's really a mailman. So we went through this phase where we were really on this high. Yeah. And the thing about Hollywood is that once they see you start to skyrocket, they really want to attach themselves to you. Of course. For their benefit. 
so we got bogged down for a while. It was it was really uh, you see just why it's so difficult to do anything out there because once they know you, they have you over a barrel, it's like what are we going to get from you before we let this project go forward? That's and crazy. So it was a ten year it was a ten year process for us. We you know, were turning over every rock and. And you don't, and you did, I mean, your cousin obviously was in the business a little bit, but you obviously didn't know much about the entertainment world. Nothing, nothing. And the little bit of experience that I had out there, I didn't like it. Uh, He wanted me to move out there so I could start writing full time. And same thing with everything. It just wasn't my passion. Like Mm -hmm. I was, I was good at writing. I enjoyed the writing, but it's not what I wanted to do for a living. Not that, again, being a mailman, they're not going to build any statues of me. They Um, might possible i'm working on it <laughs> but um it was just one of those things that i was passionate about in the moment mm-hmm. i didn't want to have to change my life for th- the whole movie thing so we get to a point where two years ago we really got back in the saddle and my cousin had been i mean i have to give him all the credit he he really stayed with this and has done an amazing job he decided that he didn't want to be an actor anymore he wanted to be a director so he started doing uh, music videos and commercials, and oh, wow. he was doing commercials for big, big companies and a lot of Spanish videos. We were able to get the funding to to make a feature film. We got half of the money, so so about two hundred and fifty grand. We got half of the money from investors, and then the other half of the money um, we crowdsourced. Cool. I remember that. Yeah. It was crazy. I'm sitting there thinking, who in the heck is going to give us, you know, another $125,000? And they did. It was, it was nuts. So we filmed in New York uh, at the Puerto Rican Day Parade for just the initial, the the pitch scenes to get the rest of the investors. And then once that money came in, he he filmed um, in a Spanish Harlem area and... We've just been editing and doing all this stuff. And I say we, but it's been him. Yeah. Um, like I said, on occasion, he'll call me and say, hey, I need an edit. I need a line. I need this or that. But the trailer's out now, and it's just, it's amazing. But I'm at that point where, you know, do I dip my toe back into that whole Hollywood thing? Or, yeah. Um, it was a nice side hustle for a minute and the, the money's crazy. I mean, it's Hollywood, the money's crazy, but I think, I think he's at a point where he actually needs a real writer now. Right. So, you know, I've told him that if he has any more people like him, small people who are starting on a small project and they want a small writer, I'm, I'm up for it. But I think this movie's going to legitimize what he's doing and he's going to need a real writer that. Like it's fun that I'm on IMDb. I have to get yeah, my picture cool? on there. That's yeah, funny. like oh hey look, Fred he wrote stuff. It's pretty awesome. But but I think he's at a point where, you know, when you go into a, a studio, you gotta have someone. Who's, right. What um? How can people search the trailer? What is the uh, best way to search it on YouTube? You can search the trailer on YouTube. You just look up first official trailer for Shine. Okay. And we'll sh- I'll share it wherever I can as well. But if someone's listening right now and they want to Google it, I want them to be able to find it. Right. But the trailer, when you watch that trailer, the um, the voiceover, you wrote that voiceover, right? right. Why wrote- didn't you just actually say it? You've yeah. got the perfect voice for voiceovers. I um, Listen, David Zayas 
is the one who did it. It's who, really good. And, and and it's like, okay, in Hollywood, Fred the Mailman, David Zayas. <laughs> so I I think it's small David, difference. Right. I think David just brought a little more weight to that. Okay, than I did. fair enough. So will this movie will eventually this fall be in theaters? Be in theaters this fall. What? Yes. We're working on right now. I last night I was looking through uh the different comps for the movie poster. So they this company did like a dozen movie posters for us. So we have to pick two that kind of, we want one to, there's a lot, there's salsa dancing. There's a lot of dancing mm-hmm. in the movie and it's amazing. Like I thought I could salsa dance until I went and watched the dancers from the movie. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to dance with my grandma in the corner. <laughs> We're just going to hang out there. But they're amazing. That's so cool. I can't wait for it to come out and actually be able to support you guys. Cause I can't buy your beer from here unless sure. I come to we'll, Ohio. We'll so. work on that. But we did, uh, we went to the Urban World Film Festival in New York last year. And that was the first time I had seen the movie completed and edited. And just so I'm sitting there in, you know, in the Times Square area watching this movie. And they start with the opening monologue that you wrote. Yeah. And like the hair on my arms goes up. It's cool. Like, holy cow, this is happening. Like, this is. This is that David Zayas reading my lines. It's awesome. You know, and we did a winning best feature film at that at the awesome. festival, and it was so. It's been it's been nuts from there. I'm I I can't I cannot wait for this. I mean, yeah, I'm you, super excited to be able yeah. to go see it myself. Yeah. yeah, it's um. What's funny is when my cousin tags me on things on social media, like that's the reminder that I'm involved. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I'm delivering mail, I'm making beard balm, I'm doing beer. the brewery stuff. And so the movie is kind of an aside at this point. So he'll tag me and I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, I'm on the, I'm in the credits. That's so cool. Does it say Fred the Mailman or does it have your full name? It says my government name. Boo. <laughs> but, um, so, which is Fred Lozano. Look for that name. Right. When it you're says, watching the movie. It says Fred Lozano. I wish he put Fred the Mailman in it, quotes. And it's funny because that's how we introduce me. When we're out there, you know, Laz Alonzo, the actor, he said when, when I had met with him and I had basically started the whole Fred the Mailman thing, he says, you have to stick with that. Like, yeah, you do. It's got to be your. Started in radio. Right. You know, it's your and character. That, that's who you are. You I, I think that's become, I think Fred Lozano has become the character. Like he's <laughs> the guy that I'm not more often. You know, I think I'm Fred the Mailman so much now that. It's like, okay, I have to put on a costume to be Fred Lozano. That's crazy. Like your real mask is Fred Lozano. Right. So in all of the things that you've done, Fred, and Tim with the Beard Bomb Company, has there ever been someone who is like, that's never going to work? You can't do that or you're going to fail. Yeah, we, um, the joke that Chris and I at the brewery have is we want shirts that say yaysayers on them because there have been so many naysayers that... There's no way that in this city with these people that has this history and this reputation, you're going to be able to do that. You know, the same thing with the Beard Balm Company. Yeah. There are so many men's grooming products that are ingrained in barbers. You know, they all know the brand. Yeah. There's the brand with the green lid and there's the other brands that we're not going to talk about. Right. Um, so when you say that you're getting into a business that you're going to eventually be in competition with these people, there's a lot of negativity because they, they think 
oh, it's a salesman and a mailman. (laughs) How are they going to succeed? Let them think that. That's when you sneak up on them. When the brewery opens, uh, we are going to pour a beer and sit it in the corner with a little plaque that says, this is for everybody who said this wasn't going to happen. I love it. Yeah. Good for you guys. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it because- Again, what we talked about way at the beginning, you picked up the phone, right? Mm-hmm. So how many people have ideas and they That's just it. don't, there's no follow through. Everybody. Um, I got challenged um, by a friend of mine who is very entrepreneurial minded because I had a lot of ideas. He's like, well, you know, why don't you do something with some of these ideas? And I was like, oh, X, Y, Z, it didn't really matter. He's like, well, that's all an excuse. So mm-hmm. why really aren't you doing it? You know, cause these are good ideas. And so I always thank him for getting me started. And then I also noticed after I started doing that, everybody else started going, well, maybe I can do something, you know? It happens. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love we, that. I, part of it, too, is like <coughs> I, thought I, was, I thought I was doing something, but I wasn't committing 100% of my – because I was involved in so many projects, I said, well, if I put a little bit of time into this and a little bit of time into that and a little bit of time into the other thing and do my 9 to 5 – I can still go around with my chest puffed out and say I'm doing things. And I had a person call me a hobbyist Ooh. and I got insulted. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm really doing this, you know? And they're like, no, you're not. You're, <gasps> you're a hobbyist. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it true? was at the, at the time it was at the time it was because I, I wasn't committing as much time as I could. Cause you were playing Xbox. Because I was playing Xbox or looking at the ceiling. You also fan have a daughter. I do oh, have a daughter. I forgot to mention that. That takes up a lot of time. Yeah, she's. Uh, it, yeah, that and the fact that she doesn't live in the area, yeah. so there, there's a lot of times where I am out of town, seeing my daughter, and she still thinks I'm a big nerd. She's like, she none okay. of the none of the stuff is cool to her no. yet. Like, no, yeah, you know, give it like ten more years. Right. Right. And to when, be fair, you are. We are big nerds. Well, right. For yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, we're proud of that. Yeah. 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 Um, but I'm waiting for that moment where I like take her and her friends to the movies to yeah. see my movie. Like, oh, who's dad's nerd now? She's like, <laughs> you, <Right. laughs> my yeah, dad. Basically, <laughs> you're the nerd. Even more so now. Yeah, but to her friend, she's totally gonna brag. I mean, that's what that's what we do. Right. I mean, that's that's awesome though. Oh, one thing I almost forgot this. I always ask everyone. What app do you use? And I feel like you guys, this is going to be totally obscure. Is there an app that you love, whether it is for your side hustle, for the beard bomb, for the brewery, or is there something that Fred is a mailman, you're like, I can't get through my day without this app. What are those apps for you guys? Um, I think I think we're using the basic stuff. I'm Instagramming. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't count. Instagram doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than that, is there something because you do a lot of graphic design? Is there something you can do on the fly? There's nothing I'm doing. Tim does some graphic stuff on the fly. What's that? What's the app you use? I use two of them. Uh, Superphoto is one of them, and for some reason I can't remember the name of the other one. I'm gonna go look. We can never remember the names of our apps. It's funny. Remember? We know the we know the little icon. Yeah, you've got me looking now. Pixlr, Pixlr, P I X L R, Pixlr, P I X L R. All right, cool. Those are my. I mean, if you need to do something. That's cool. what's and that's to edit photos, not graphics. Right, and you could put, uh, you could superimpose. Like, cool. like I'll post an image, put our logo on it, little oh, stuff wow. like that. Okay, cool. Um, and Scoompa Video is another one that what I use. Scoompa, Scoompa Video. 
Uh, they just moved to subscription, so I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to stay with them. Not but sure how we feel. Right, right. I mean, I don't mind giving somebody money if they're doing well, but they, it's like a monthly thing. I'm like, eh, I'll buy okay. the app, but I don't want to pay yeah, a monthly yeah. subscription. Makes I think sense. the only thing I'm using right now is, uh, you familiar with Untapped? Untapped? I don't think so. Untapped is a beer app uh, that oh. lets you track all your beers and where you had them yes. and rate your beers and, and that type of stuff. And so I've been able to use Untapped to kind of see what's hot and who's talking about what. Smart. Um, but the problem is my my business partner, he's very anti-untapped, you know, because he's like, listen, somebody might somebody might just be having a bad day. It's like Yelp, same like, thing. Right, exactly. And just decide to come into your place and just totally talk bad about your beer. He says, I really think that the, that the real beer heads are – in the establishment, having the yeah. conversation with each other instead of having to go on this app and whatever. But I still like to use it for, I, I think what I use it for most is like what I'm going to use it for while I'm here in Seattle is find me a style of beer. Okay. You know, so sense. if I'm looking for a porter or a pilsner or whatever, okay, where can I find it in the air? And it just makes it very easy for me. Are you guys going to make cider? Cause that's what I like. Eventually we'll make cider. Okay. Well, when you make cider, that's when I'm going to come visit. You're going to come visit anyway because you have we're to. making movies you have and to. beer stuff and Tim's going to get you some lip balm. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Deal. But yeah, but yeah we're, um, I mean, because we know that Cleveland is the vacation mecca of it the is. United States. It it's, but I think beautiful. you'd be surprised if you've oh, never been there. I I've think heard you'd be wonderful surprised. things. My friends have visited. I've got Josh who's from there. Mm. I've heard lovely things about Cleveland. I just haven't been there yet. Well, we got to yeah, work We're, we're going to fix that. Okay. We're going mean, to fix that. I'll be there. Yeah. I'm going to come have some beers. With I you mean, guys. not tropical boats. Ciders. Okay. <laughs> not cruises, but Cleveland. Right. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So we want everyone who's listening to support you guys, even if they aren't in Cleveland and, or near Lorraine, Ohio, and can't drink your beer. So it's Bascule <clears throat> Brewery on Instagram. It's B A S C U L E. And then the awful word brewery. Yes. It's so the hard. awful word brewery. So hard to say. And then on Twitter and Instagram, it's M W B grooming right correct and it's mwbgrooming.com correct okay you know you're like looking at me like is she actually saying am i I, i'm actually going checking myself going is that right yes that's right that is and to follow the movie you can follow it's shine the movie on instagram and facebook yes so yeah all the things i'm gonna post as much as i can on twitter so it's easy just to click but Thank you guys for spending your vacation time with me in this little studio with no windows. The best <laughs> morning awesome. ever. It is. I hope so. But it seriously, is. thank you. Enjoy your time in Seattle. And uh, Oh, and your favorite app, by the way, Fred, is actually iHeartRadio. Of course it is. As a mailman. As a mailman, because <laughs> when the dogs are chasing me, I'm like, <laughs> what's my running song? I'm going to put the iHeart app on. Yes, I so, love it. That's what we're ending on that. That is like the best thing to end on. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.